I'm thankful that you're here today. Uh, I want to ask you a question this morning. Um, have you ever been in a slump uh, in your in your life? I, I I played tennis in college. I didn't tell my wife I was telling the story today. So, um, yeah, no, uh, it's not about her. But um, but sometimes she uh, corrects my story. She might correct this for the second service, but you get it because I didn't ask her. Um, uh, but um, when um, when I was in college, I, was, I played tennis in college, and and. In my sophomore year, I was in a slump on my backhand. And uh, it was really puzzling to me because, um, you know, that was one of my, my strengths as a tennis player, my backhand. And, and, and I just went through this. Something happened between my ears my sophomore year. And for some reason, I struggled with this backhand. And, and so I was really puzzling about it. And one of my coaches would always say, uh, you know, you ought to shadow practice. And uh, so... One, one day after practice, I was really frustrated, and, um, and, and I, 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 go, I go take a shower, and I'm, I'm walking into my dorm room, and, and as I'm in my dorm room, I, I walk in, and, and I can see myself really clearly in my window, and I thought, perfect, i got to fix this backhand. So without even thinking, I, I grab my racket, and I'm in my dorm room looking into my window. It's getting dark outside. And I'm just, I've got my racket. I'm in my underwear. Um, and I'm just, I've got my racket. And I'm just like, just over and over again, just, just kind of sw- like watching myself, trying to imprint on, in my mind, my backhand, which was a good stroke. So I, I was just watching myself and, and I'm swinging and, and, uh, and, I, you know, I was focused. You know, the, you know, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra, right? And, and I'm like, I want to be a good athlete. I want to fix this. And I'm, but there were some things I didn't consider as I was having this moment with myself that I'm standing in front of my window. And it's night. It's dark outside. Have you ever stood in front of a window when it's dark outside? Okay, so I'm, I'm there, and I'm just I'm sweating again, and, and, I, and all of a sudden, I, I'm just focused, and all of a sudden, I hear some noise outside, and I don't think about it. I'm just having this moment fixing my backhand, and, and I hear cheering outside. And, and, it, and, and then, all of a sudden, I hear my nickname with that group of guys was, was Wally, and so I hear, good shot, Wally! And that co- that's caused me to stop. And because, and you know, my dorm room was right off the front entrance of the dorm on the second floor. So, so I go to the window, and, I, and now 50 or 75 of my new closest friends, you know, are out there. And they're like, woo, way to go, wall. I was like, oh. So, so I learned a few things uh, that day. That uh, I probably didn't think through that, but I was in a slump. I was, I was, I, I was. Uh, I learned like you probably shouldn't get in your tidy whities and practice in front of your window. And and you know there was a lot of lessons that I, I learned that day in my life. But 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 you know I was in a slump, and I had to work this out. And, and you know when you're in a slump, you you you're driven to work some things out. And this morning, uh, you might have walked in, and spiritually, you're in a little slump, maybe. And, and, and you know, this morning, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that is, that, that is often misinterpreted. And I, and I want us to look at it today, Philippians chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, look at verse 12 and 13. 
uh, is what we're going to look at today. And, and you know, the truth is that in, back in that time, there were some things I needed to change with my back end. You may have come in and there's some things you need to change in your life. Now, now it's interesting as we think about change because when Jesus changed me, and there was a moment in my life that I was saved. I, I, my, my sins were washed away. That, that, that Christ changed my heart. And, and then after he changed my heart, God began to, to change my mind. He, and he's still doing that. He's, he's changing my mind constantly to, to think like him and to, and to be like him. And, and as we grow spiritually, this is what happens. I mean, God first changes our heart, and then he changes our mind. And this is a, a lifelong process which results in a changed life, right? And, and that's the process. God, God does a heart transplant in us when we're saved, and then he refocuses our mind to start thinking like him, and then he changes our life. And, and you know, this is the journey of, of faith that, that we are on. And, and, but, but it's interesting as we, as we think about this idea, is change up to God or is it up to me? Or is it both? You know, surely the change begins with God. God, God comes and speaks to us, but but don't we have a responsibility as well to figure to, to bring about change and to work and to serve? And what's interesting is as we walk through this book in Philippians, verses twelve and thirteen deals with this very issue of how God is at work, how we work, and the combination of these two come together, and we see it in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. And so there, there are two phrases that I want you to catch today. The, these phrases that, that explain this cooperation of God's work and your work. So as we read the text today, I want to see if you could catch them. So stand with me and let's look at this passage. <clears throat> Philippians 2, starting in verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my, my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Let's read it one more time. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, let's let's look at this. Uh, There's two phrases I want you to underline or notice if you have your, your Bible on your phone. Notice this. If you have your Bible with you and you're taking notes, underline this in your Bible. Look, look at this. You see it in verse 12. You see work out. And then in verse 13, you see work in. See that? You know, the work out of Philippians 2.12, that's our part. The work in in Philippians 2.13, that's God's part. We're to work out what God is working in, right? And, and now, th- this is an important thing to recognize because there's a lot of people that look 
will look at this passage and say, see, you have to earn your salvation. You have to work for your salvation. Now, point number one is this, and it's important for us to make it, that, that working out my salvation does not mean I work for my salvation. Uh, now, let's think about this. We, we know that God's word communicates we don't work for our salvation. Philippians, um, or Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it, Brandon quoted this, for it's by grace that you are saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And it's important to recognize the context of Scripture. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. These are, these are a group of people who are already Christians. They've already been saved. He's, he's equipping the church for the work of ministry. And, and it's important to recognize that. Obviously, he's saying to them, I, I want to challenge you to develop what you already have. Develop your faith. Start growing. Become mature in your faith. And this is critical for us as believers to grow up in our faith. All through Scripture, we're called to be spiritually mature. And one of the, one of the reasons that God has established a church in, in these places, and he's so wise in the way that he, he has moved churches, is so we will grow up in our faith. Some of us have been immature for too long. And we're to grow up as believers. And, 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 and it's interesting because... When you think about a physical workout, what are you doing in a physical workout? You're working the body you already have, right? Think about a farmer uh, that's working a field. He's not creating land. He's working the land that he has. You know, it's like we're putting together, if you're putting together a puzzle, what are you doing? You're, you're, You're putting the pieces that you already have together. And this is the idea that, that he's saying, God is speaking here. And I want you to see that word, work out your salvation. He's talking about an individual assignment. So what does this mean? Does this mean we can work for our salvation? No, it, it doesn't at all. It, it's, it's this idea that we are to accept responsibility for our spiritual growth. Do you know that you, you're, we're responsible to grow spiritually? Now, now, God starts that growth, but, but let me tell you something. What you do matters. And it's interesting that um, God is moving us to, to accept responsibility for spiritual change. And, and this is something we do. You know, you hear, and you need, we need to understand what the fear of the Lord is. Like the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is to hate evil. To the, the fear of the Lord is not, oh God, I'm afraid of you. But let me tell you something, none of us will stand before God and be cocky. None of us will. We will stand before God and it will be like, you're God and I'm not. And, 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 and sometimes we lose that honor of the Lord and that respect of God. And, and we should not be that way. Because the more you come to understand God and how powerful he is, the more you're like, whoa, I'm in awe of him. And we should be in awe of God all the time. But, but at the same time, we're to, we're to fear the Lord, to honor the Lord. And that's what that idea means. The fear and trembling that we see in this passage is, I believe it's this idea that, God, I don't want to miss out on what you have for me. This is the call that we have as Christians. Lord, we don't want to miss out on your plan for my life. 
And, and this is this call of, of we are to take responsibility for our spiritual growth. We're also, and this is interesting to me, to, it's important for us to take our salvation and spiritual growth seriously. And I'm amazed at how often people don't take their walk with God seriously. You know, when I was in Cambodia, I was, I was amazed at, at these atrocities that I saw, that the people, there, there are many, most people live their life without this recognition that one day they're going to stand before God. And, and it's important to, for us to recognize we should not neglect our spiritual life, and so many people do. So many homes don't talk about spiritual things. They don't, they don't gather around the scripture. This is a conviction that we have. This is a call that we have. So often people neglect what's most important. I mean, think about what Paul said to Timothy. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for this life and the life to come. So we should not neglect spiritual things. And this is why this moment of worship, this moment of, 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 of gathering around the word of God and is so important for us. Because it's this turning our face to the Lord. God, speak to us, lead us. And, and, and we should take God seriously and our spiritual growth seriously and, and work at it as, as honestly it's the most important thing in life. And wouldn't you say that spiritual things are the most important thing in life? I would because it's the only thing that lasts in eternity. You're not taking one dime you make into eternity with you. But we lay up treasures in heaven, and this is the call. But I think it's important as we look at this passage that we recognize that God is at work in us. Yes, we're to work these things out, but what are we working out? These things that God is working in. God is working in us, and this is why I pray that we are a group of people that are often and always turning our face to the Lord, saying, God, what do you have for me? What are you doing in me? Let me listen to your voice and and, and, and look to you and work these things out because you have a part, and God has a part. And, and, And see that? Look back at the passage. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, you see Paul's example of obedience, that that obedience is important. Obedience to the word of God is important. And 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 it's interesting to me, the the messages that are coming from even preachers that say, uh, you know, God is so gracious and and he's loving, and he is. But but I'll tell you, what what we do matters. And to, to just live completely... Um, um, ignorant of the, of, the, of, the, of the call of God, of walking with the Lord, of, of the precepts that God has laid out is irresponsible. And it's not right. And so these preachers that get up and say, oh, God's gracious, it doesn't matter what you do. No, it does matter what we do. We just got to understand that, that we're not working for our salvation we're not, but, but out, of, out of love for the Lord, out of this movement of God in our lives, we're compelled to say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. And, and you see that word works. It says, it goes on and he says, um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That, that, that word work 
It's the, the Greek word energize. Energizer is what it means. That, that you're to be energized to serve the Lord. That, that, that you're to walk with him and, 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 and see God is at work in us. And so how is he at work? What does he do? He, 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 he is faithful to give us the tools we need. And, and I love it about the Lord that ever, no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, he always gives us what we need when we need it. And that's just how God, God is at work. So point number two is, is really important that we've got to utilize the, the tools of change that's available to us. You, do you know that we have tools of change available to us? And it's important that we learn how, how to utilize these tools. What, what are some of those tools of change? Well, God uses his word to shape our lives, doesn't he? That's why we turn our face to it. That's why every week we're, we're diligent to say, God, what do you have to say to us through your word? That, that's why we work to, to, to look at these passages and, and walk through these books of the Bible because I believe that it's God's word that is sufficient for our discipleship. For our, that we, we're doing our best to be creative and to, 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 you know, use our, I mean, I think Christians ought to be the most creative people in the world. I mean, shouldn't we? I mean, we serve the king of all kings, and so we should be creative, and we should use all of our gifts, but, but we got to remember that God uses his word, that, like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, the Bible shapes our mind, doesn't it? And this is how God uses his word to, to help focus our mind on his thoughts rather than our thoughts. And this is why I pray we are a people that say, God, we will allow your word to shape our thinking. Because if we're left to our own, we don't think right. It's like there's a new movie out on next Netflix right now. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about a pastor from Tulsa that started out phenomenal. Um, and he was at ORU and was... But he, but he got off of biblical thinking. You know, God wouldn't, you know, he just loves everybody, and he does love everybody. But let me tell you something. God is just. And he got off Scripture and got into a universalism from what I can tell, just in what I've read and studied a little bit. I've not seen the movie, but... But, but I, I want you to know it's important that we turn our face to God's word. And, and, and I pray you have a daily quiet time, but can I, can I challenge us with our daily quiet time? Sometimes we read um, devotionals, and those are good. It's good to read a devotional, but, but sometimes we make the mistake of reading more about what people say about the Bible rather than reading the Bible. And, and you know that was the problem with the Pharisees? The Pharisees got off of of the word of God because they thought, I'm going to read more of what people write about it rather than going to the text itself. And, you know, this is going to shape us. Our, our series after Philippians, it's going to, this idea that we're going to bring Bible study back to our homes to challenge. We're going to do this all summer, this coming summer. But our, our, it's important that, that, that we don't neglect the reading of the word of God. So it's okay to read devotional, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying throw your devotionals away. But, but open the Bible and read the text. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, in my walk with the Lord, I made a big mistake for a, for a period of time. 
because I was in, I was in, I got a Bible degree and I, I, I went to seminary for a long time. And, and I would get to texts of scripture in devotionals and I would have the idea, oh, I already know that. So I'm going to read what, what he wrote about it. And, and boy, that was an error on my part because, because I didn't know that. I needed more of the word of God. And so we got to recognize that God uses his word to shape our lives. So we need to engage it and read it. And I get it. It's hard at times. It's hard to read God's word at times. But you don't not do something because it's hard, right? Of course we do. God's word shapes our lives. It shapes our thinking. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This whole idea of renewing your mind, that's what God's word does for us. It causes us to think, God, I want to think like you think rather than like I think. God uses his word to shape our lives. He, he uses the Holy Spirit to move us. This is one of the ways that God, a tool that God uses. His Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. In Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And we've got to remember that once the moment you are saved, the spirit of God indwells you. He comes into you. And and this is an important thing to, to recognize, that, that God's plan is to show us how to change through his word, and then he gives us the power to change through his spirit. And this is why it's amazing to watch the spirit of God move and strengthen us. I mean, yesterday I preached a funeral of a lady who, who had a, a disease that was incurable. And, and when she got that news, it was, the doctor said, you it's incurable, and, 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 um, and it was. Attacked her brain, and, and she passed away. And doctors from all over the country came in this weekend to study her brain because of the rareness of this disease, and she died. But you know what she did? As, as Nancy was wrestling with this, she kept going to the Word of God, and, and she, was, she was allowing God's promises to shape her thinking. And it strengthened her. It helped her recognize, you know what? We're all walking through this door. So God, I'm going to run my race with perseverance. And she faced it. She let God change her mind rather than medical reports and, and all these things. She said, God, I'm going, to, I'm going to focus on you. It was a great example of faith. Which leads to the second thing God uses to to shape us. God uses his word. He uses his Holy Spirit. He also uses circumstances to teach us. Have you seen this in your life? Have you noticed how pressures and stresses are a way to get our attention? That's why Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And, and you know, the reality is we know that there's nothing that comes into the life of a believer that God is not in the midst of, right? And, and, and you know, I've, I've heard people say, Satan has attacked me. 
and, and that's, that's true, Satan attacks. And, or that God has allowed this, and those are all true. But, but can I tell you, it doesn't matter the source of your attack. It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter. What matters is that God is with you, and that God works for the good every circumstance in our lives. And this shapes us, this shapes our mind. And, and, and you know, it's, it's crazy to me. And I stood there with this wonderful family yesterday with, in the midst of the questions and, and struggles of faith. And, and, and can I tell you something that happened? I, I got to tell you this. It's not in my notes, sorry. But, um, but Thursday, I'm with this family. I preached all three of their daughters' weddings. And now they all have little kids. And we're processing with the little kids that they're, they call her old mama. That's what they called her. That was her grandma name. And I said to them, okay, kids, do you know that old mama, you know where she is? They go, He's in, she's in heaven. I go, that's right. Do you know why she's in heaven? And without hesitation, they said, because she was a sinner and Jesus saved her and she's in heaven. And I was amazed at, at Rebecca and Mindy and Jody's little, girl, little kids as they, without hesitation, they said, oh, this is where she is. And this is what happened. And this is why. And, and, and you know what? At the last, yesterday at the graveside, I said, I, I couldn't get this out of my mind. I said, I said you know, let, let's learn something. Because we get into adulthood and we start doubting things and we start reasoning and rationalizing. And, and I said, you know, Thursday, it was so quick and confident and accurate as those kids said, oh, this is where she is. And I said, shouldn't we have the faith? Doesn't the Bible say we're to have the faith like a child? And, and it hit me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Let's learn from, our, from the kids right now because we're to have that childlike faith. See, this is the beginning of God changing our mind, the Holy Spirit uh, working, and then circumstances that, that we are seeing God's perspective. I mean, we know that Proverbs twenty thirty, a really cool verse, blows that wound, cleanse away evil. Solomon wrote, strokes make clean the innermost parts. And we know, and I've seen this in my own life, we don't change too often when we see the light, but when we feel the heat, right? Heat often brings about change. And so let's not be one of these these Christians who are flaky and quick to get frustrated with our circumstances. And go, you know, it's a tough time, so I'm going to doubt God. No, no, no. We allow God's word to shape our mind. He uses circumstances. Now, point three, as we kind of wrap up today, we've got to make choices that spark spiritual growth. And this is this call in this passage, that, that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because God is working in us. God's at work in us. And so let's, let's, let's make choices that spark our spiritual growth. So we choose what, what we think about, right? We, we lead our minds 
we, we direct, we, we, we turn our face to the Lord, our minds to the Lord. And, and, and we know that Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, that, that to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Right? We, 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 we don't allow our minds to get off track from the word of God. And this is why we've got to know the Word of God and interact with the Word of God. Then, uh, you know, <laughs> change begins with this new way of thinking, right? I mean, Jesus transformed my heart, but then he starts, he's, it's a lifelong process of changing my mind and working in me to, to Lord, I want to think like you think. This is why we need the Word of God. Then, not only the, the, another spark for our spiritual growth is we surrender to the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul is saying. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Surrender to the Holy Spirit in your life. Surrender to his voice. Turn your face to him. John 15, 4 and 5. I love this. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And we see in this example of Jesus that the branch is totally dependent on the vine. And, and Jesus is telling us this is how you have to be with the Lord. And we, we, we abide in Christ. And so this is the call to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not that you're working for salvation. No, it's that, it's that discipleship process. God, I'm going to abide in you. I'm going I'm to walk with you. I'm going I'm to do what you say. That's why Paul starts with, look at my obedience. You know, uh, the obedience to Christ is, is critical for us. And this is um, these things that, like the Holy, surrendering to the Holy Spirit, it sparks our growth. And this is why I pray that we are a church that is quick to obey God, that we obey instantaneously, that when God speaks to, to, to put some sin away, we, we do it immediately. When God speaks to, to go talk to a neighbor, we go. When God speaks in, in, in an invitation, hey, go down and just pray, we move. We're not afraid to move. It's why I, I, I love the, the discipline of standing in worship. Okay, I'm not going to ask you. To, well, no, let's be honest. How many of you have thought, man, we stand too much? Anybody thought that? It's okay. No, don't, don't raise your hand. It's okay. Um, but you know what? It's a discipline to be ready. I, you know, I want to be ready. And, 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 you know, when I'm like this, that's not a ready position, right? Ready position is like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Let's move. And, I, man, we, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to move us. Lastly, and this is so important, that we look at every circumstance with a faith view. And this is important for us. Every circumstance in my life will have a faith view. That, I mean, it's this idea in Romans 5, 
3 through 5, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who's been given to us. And this is why it's amazing that Paul is writing this entire book from a prison cell. And it's easy to look at his life and go, dude, how can you be so encouraging when you're facing such difficult moments? It's because he's looked, he's, he's living his life with a view of faith, this faith view of his life. This is our call. And, and see, what is Christ producing in us? He's producing the fruit of the Spirit, right? He's growing our love, our joy. Our peace, our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our self-control, right? So you want to learn love? Guess what God's going to do? He's going to put someone in your life that you're going to be like, it's hard to love that person, right? If you want to learn joy, you're going to go through some tragedies and go, Lord, I'm, I'm going to learn joy. If you want peace, there's going to be, you know, you know, we don't learn peace from the beach with sunscreen on right? That's not where we learn peace. We learn peace in the storm of life. You know, goodness, he'll put temptations for badness. I mean, because that's how we learn goodness when we're tempted to do bad. And and self-control, he's going to open up another Brahms in town or something like that. Learn self-control. You know, we're, we're called to look at things through a faith view. And and this is why Paul says, let's work out this salvation. We've already got it. I mean, I mean, I pray. Now, there's probably some here that you don't have, you've not experienced a transformed heart. And that's why I just pray, I'll come to Jesus. Don't go another day without knowing him. But once you come to know Jesus, now let's grow up. Let's grow up in our faith. Let's walk with the Lord. Let's throw off this. this this sin that so easily entangles us. Let's, let's, let's do what God says. And, and this is the call. This is what Paul is saying. We're, I've been obedient. And look at my, my, my journey and my, my, my struggle to be obedient. Paul struggled to be obedient. And then he said, look, I've done this. And, 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 and now I want you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, trembling because God is working in you. Aren't you grateful that God is working in us to humble us and to um, move us, to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us? Oh, let's walk with him. So did you walk in today in a slump? You know, did you walk in and you're, you're in a slump? Well, let's work it out. Get up. Put your pants on, like, not like I did, you know, my backhand, but get up. Let's work it out. Let's take, your, take God's word. God, I'm going to turn my face to what you've said. Let's, let's listen to his spirit. God, I'm going I'm to surrender to your voice, your Holy Spirit. Let's, let's stop getting frustrated about those circumstances and go, Lord, I'm going to run the race you've given me. No matter what it is, I'm going to run it with faith and trust 
and obedience. I'm going to walk with you no matter what. Maybe you need to come and say, God, look, I've been, I've been complaining. And rather than complain and say, Lord, help me focus and turn my face to you. Let's work it out.